0: Welcome to the Upon Further Review podcast, a wholly owned subsidiary of Sunpreps, Inc. Which is an imaginary company that doesn't exist, but it sounds like it does. Um, This week we recap week one of the prep football season, which didn't go as planned for 83% of our area teams. We also will drop in on the volleyball scene. We're coming to you mostly live from the expansive Northport Sun HQ. So let's get after it and hope nothing changes between now and the time you all hear this thing. Um, First off, uh, we'll just start with last week. Football was rough for the area this past week. Only one local team won. Uh, Why don't we start right away with Venice, who had a, a really good comeback. Yeah, they
1: honestly shouldn't have had to come back because they showed good signs of life in the first half. They had two touchdowns called back. They had two fumbles inside the miami northwestern 10 yard line and they were trailing 20 to 3 at one point and 26 to 10 in the fourth quarter and still with a second left it's 20 32 26 brooks bentley has the ball at the miami northwestern 29 yard line and he drops back he gets a little bit of pressure he heaves up a hail mary And, you know, a a bunch of bodies and it just, Miami Northwestern comes down with the ball. I mean, if Venice comes down with the ball, Kirill (laughs) Kotov goes out there and kicks extra (laughs) point. All of a sudden you have an amazing comeback. And just the fact that they were in that game says a lot about them. I think it's more about the second half than the first half. Mm -hmm. It's a young team, a bunch of new guys that haven't played together, haven't played Venice football, haven't played this up-tempo offense. They're playing some of the best opponents that the state and the country has to offer. Once they get a little comfortable once they get in rhythm, I think this team is going to start to improve drastically week over week.
0: And that was the thing we were talking about just before was what happens this first part of the year might not really translate to what we see out of Venice at the end of the year. They could very well be a one in three team going into week five.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't really matter as long as they win those district games, they have to beat Riverview basically in Sarasota and, as long as they win the district, they're going to the playoffs. The other games don't matter. So <laughs> if, as long as they go to the playoffs, anything can happen, and Lakeland's really the only team that stands in their
0: way as long as they don't get in their own way. <laughs> <laughs> um, Victoria, you were at the Port charlotte Bishop barreau game. That was a shootout.
2: Oh, yeah, that was an interesting game. It seemed like from the beginning that uh, Port Charlotte came like came out like, like what they did in the kickoff classic. But once the second quarter hit uh, – Bishop Verot just came back, and they couldn't be stopped. <laughs> they think they scored, what, over 20, like, unanswered points, and they had control. And then from that point on, it was kind of – they had control. But after halftime, I will say, Port Charlotte did come back. They had, like, the fight, and they they scored. They wanted to win that game.
0: It's a lot like the Venice game. They did fall in a hole to Bishop Verreau, but they did come back. They showed that they still have that offense uh, despite the uh, – I guess the laps there, I guess maybe the second quarter, and the defense, uh, I got some trash talk for this over the weekend, but uh, I thought the defense actually played really well. They just didn't maintain on, mm-hmm. on the individual plays. The secondary broke down from time to time, and Bishop Rowe started kind of nipping them with uh, short, uh, short passes with a good group of receivers that were really excellent after the catch.
1: I mean, you talk about Venice, like, playing up to competition to get ready for the playoffs. I think this was a fantastic mm-hmm. primer for Port Charlotte. Mm-hmm. How often do they see a quarterback or an offense like that? Getting that kind of experience is going to be invaluable come playoff time.
0: Well, uh, we'll get a little bit more into what Port Charlotte's going to see next week uh, and how much that, this past game helped them for this upcoming <laughs> game. Um, we have uh, Dunbar-Charlotte as our next uh, as our next game that's a uh, that's a difficult one to even kind of understand what happened in that game considering what happened the week before when poor charlotte and dunbar played and then seeing how dunbar seemed to pretty much handle charlotte this time
1: yeah it's hard to compare teams and games like that because there's so many different factors at play so many different variables strengths and weaknesses of different teams players in and players out but after what Michael Valentino and the Charlotte offense did against Baron Collier. I think everybody was really excited and then to see three points against Dunbar was Not what anybody was looking for is kind of kind of a shock to me I expected it to be a pretty well contested game going down to the wire Uh, so, you know, maybe it's just adjusting to Athletes and having to work on their protection. Maybe it's getting the receivers in rhythm who knows what it is But I do have faith that this Charlotte team will turn it around uh, but it wasn't a good start for them, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> and then uh, the one area team that won this week was DeSoto County. I went into the archives and looked this up. Since the Sun Preps area went to six teams, which was in the mid-aughts when Northport came around, this is the first time DeSoto County was the only winner during a, uh, during a week of football. They went over to Okeechobee, which is a uh, return game from last year, and defeated the Brahmins, 19-8 to 8, and it was all the Draco Tompkins. Uh, had a kickoff return to open the game, had a halfback option pass just before halftime to get them a 13-0 lead, a 56-yard bomb to uh, Jace Kellogg. And then in the second half, he had himself a 23-yard run up the middle. Also had seven, seven tackles on defense, which is why my fantasy team is in so much pain (laughs) this morning (laughs) thank you little Draco (laughs) (laughs) but uh, when we look at DeSoto County what do we see there they had the really good kickoff classic and now they had a really solid opener here
1: yeah it's hard to find any fault with them so far I mean they haven't really played anybody that I would say has tested them to be fair but it's all exciting and all encouraging signs from DeSoto especially the defense I think that's Mm -hmm. the most interesting part is they've really dominated on that side of the ball
0: we had two games that ended up being uh, no contest and I guess ultimately forfeits when they turned into uh, Lemon Bay at Lakewood Ranch and Northport at Estero.
1: Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate about Lemon Bay, I think. I mean, the game was going sideways on them. They started out by forcing a fumble, couldn't capitalize, allowed a touchdown, got pinned, punted from their own six, got to like the 30, and that's when the lightning came in. So Lakewood Ranch had a chance to go up two touchdowns. Who's to say they did, though? Uh, so, they, 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 Lemon Bay take, takes a 7-0 loss here and kind of stings because who knows what's going to happen in the remaining three quarters. But uh, there's a chance they do lose that game, so who knows what happens. But going forward uh, this week, they have a winnable game, so mm-hmm. it's uh, not going to be too challenging to turn things around for them.
0: That was the thing that was interesting to me about when the game got uh, postponed because when you look at the Venice game, if the Venice game got postponed at the same juncture... We might be sitting here saying, wow, I don't know what Venice has this year. I don't know if they're any good at all. But uh, maybe if Lima Bay had this game and they were able to play four quarters, maybe they figure it out in the second half. Maybe they're a completely different team. It's hard to say. That's totally fair. We'll just have to wait and see what they do this week when they finally get a chance to play four quarters. Hopefully, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. Um, Switching gears a little bit, uh, catching up with the volleyball scene. Um, This past week uh, featured some really tough matches for venice and uh some of the other teams what did you see out there victoria
2: oh uh, i saw a lot i think a team that kind of like shook me was charlotte charlotte with their heavy hitters jalen gardner and Brianna baino they were just out hitting the competition and they left their when they played DeSoto, they just exhausted the team with their hitting, <laughs> and they were seeing kind of. Jalen Gardner told me she was like, "I picked up what they were doing right away, their strategy, and she just like capitalized on that." So they're a team to look out for. They started the season two and zero for the first time since twenty nineteen, and I asked um, Coach Dill how she feels about Brianna Bino being on the outside, and she chuckled when she told me she loved it. <laughs> so they have a lot of strength. They're going to play Belle tonight, and then they're going to go and play Lemon Bay tomorrow. So that's a good matchup I'm looking forward to.
0: That's going to be the local match of the week, I think. That's just going to oh, be yeah. really fun to watch. And, of course, uh, if you don't know this already, follow the uh, Charlotte Tarpon volleyball TikTok. Uh, we will see... <laughs> What kind of other creative dances and nonsense they could come up with for Michelle Dill to... Uh... <laughs> that
2: was fun. That was fun to see.
0: <laughs> Venice, uh, Venice, though, Vinny, uh had a couple tough matches. And then they had another one last night, or Tuesday night as we record this, that was uh, really kind of an impressive showing on their part.
1: Yeah, they handled Sarasota and Riverview last week to the point that even they swept Sarasota last Tuesday, and Wheatley was just so despondent after. I was like trying to get something out of him and he's like, oh yeah, just happy this one's over. Can't wait to get home. I was like, okay, you won three nothing. None of them are really competitive sets. Um, But you know, he knows what his team's capable of and that speaks to their potential. They came out on Thursday and they swept Riverview in even more impressive fashion to the point that Riverview didn't even have a chance to make the set competitive at any point. Then Venice travels over to Tampa last night to face Tampa Prep, and this is a Tampa Prep team that returned every single player from last year and also added a talented freshman that plays a lot. So this this team, I believe, is ranked number one in the Tampa area. Uh, I'm not sure by who. Wheatley touted that stat. I mean, it might be the Max Preps or the Tampa Bay Times. I'm not sure, but they're a dominant team that went deep in the playoffs last season. Last season, as like a 24 and 7 record. And they started out strong at their home gym. They opened up a 13-3 lead. Oof, that's a fine for (laughs) that's a fine for Pat. That was horrible. (laughs) Um, They opened up a 13-3 lead, and Venice lost that first set, but battled back. And that momentum carried through for the last the remainder of the match for them. They won the next three sets, very competitive sets down Mm -hmm. to the wire, including a 29-27 third set thriller that kind of swung it for them and what they showcased is that they have weapons at any spot in the floor they have two strong middle hitters that can block they have two outside hitters that can slam it down on pretty much any team they have a libero with a year of experience in brighton ferguson who is digging riley johnson's shots out all over the court it's an outside hitter committed to utah for tampa prep And they also have one player who basically is just there to make aces, Carly Wagoner. She's (laughs) amazing to watch. They just bring her in at crucial points to serve, and she'll go on, like, a five-point run and swing sets for them. Um, So they have great players all across the floor. And they added Summer Kohler, who can do pretty much anything, set, play back row, be an outside hitter. Jada Lanham can play back row, outside hitter. These are not only talented players, but they're versatile, and... I could see them making a run to States.
0: A little shout out to our photographer, Kat Edwards, who goes out and shoots a lot of volleyball for us. I was talking to her yesterday about the Menace volleyball team. She's really impressed with Brighton Ferguson at Libero.
1: Yeah. She's phenomenal. Um, I don't know how to highlight how good she is beyond just like her dig stats. I mean, I don't, I don't have them right now, but she, she routinely gets 20, 25 digs in like three set matches and it's, to watch her play is really what sums it up. Like, there will be a ball that's just going like 60 miles an hour straight <laughs> at the ground. And somehow she gets her fists right under it to pop it up to somebody. It's insane. She throws her body all across all across the court. And it's really rare that she gets in, out of position. For a sophomore, that's crazy to see.
0: I guess uh, switching to this week's games, uh, Lima Bay again playing on the Thursday night. They've got one of the IMGs. Uh, what do we know about this IMG B team? For IMG Blue
1: in football, it's not great. So the IMG has three different levels of competition. They have the IMG national team that throttled Venice in the kickoff classic. They have the IMG white team, which is a solid team that plays larger uh, schools in Florida. And then they have IMG Blue, which is a new team that plays the smaller schools in Mm -hmm. Florida. According to Max Press, this is only the second year of IMG Blue. Um... This year, they're out to an 0-1 start. They lost to Baron Collier 37-13 last week. And we know a little bit about Baron Collier because they played Charlotte in the kickoff classic, and Charlotte handled them pretty well. It's a young Baron Collier team that lost a lot of players to graduation and transfers. So if they were beaten by Baron Collier in that fashion, you would think that 11 Bay stands a good chance. Uh, ING Blue went 2-4 last season, and they just – doesn 't seem like they have much experience. Uh, they were really susceptible to the rushing attack last week um, let's see here in the box score Baron Collier rushed fifteen times for two hundred forty six yards average of sixteen point four yards wow. per carry for three touchdowns uh, <laughs> standout was Brian Daniels, a senior ball carrier for Baron Collier seven carries one hundred seventy nine yards <laughs> and two wow. touchdowns so I mean it's it seems like they struggle to stop the run so that's what Levin Bay does well. They're in a good position here.
0: I uh, I kind of like what IMG's doing with their football programs. I think last year it was kind of a setup where they had a national team, they had a state team, they had a state junior varsity team, and it was just kind of a kind of a mishmash of who they played. But the, this setup with uh, with the two uh, under teams, I guess you would call them, um, having the the one good team play against the bigger schools and having what is mostly their underclassmen, but a few a uh, few upperclassmen play the uh, Play the smaller schools. I think that's a really cool setup on their part.
1: And IMG Academy Blue will play Northport next week, so we'll get a good preview of them and see what they can do.
0: <laughs> um, I guess looking uh, ahead to Friday, there's two games out there. That what do we just... want to make a prediction? Oh, do we? Okay, I'll. Uh, I'm gonna go with Lima Bay. I'm gonna have Lima Bay pull this one out, kind of like what you were saying um, earlier with the ability Lima Bay has to run the ball, and considering when IMG gave up there. I'm going to go ahead and say maybe 28 to 14,
1: Lemon Bay. I think Lemon Bay is going to blow the doors off <laughs> IMG Blue. I think they have a bad taste in their mouth from last week, and I think they have a lot to show and a lot to prove, and I think they will. I think it's going to be 42-7, Lemon Bay. Wouldn't be
0: surprised.
2: I, I'm i going with Pat. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to go 29-21, oh, there you Lemon go. Bay.
0: I like the odd numbers. It's good stuff. Um, Friday, uh I was jumping ahead there, but Friday we've got two really big games on the docket. We'll start with uh, Naples at Venice. Uh, in your preview that ran in the gondolier today, pointed out a lot of the things that the Venice are not Venice Naples. They're running mm-hmm. they're running attack, the their defense. They've got uh, they've got some stars on both sides of the ball down there in uh, Naples.
1: Yeah, it's a very impressive team. Honestly, when I was researching it, I was pretty impressed. Uh, they have uh, two. Running back's committed to Power 5 schools. Uh, Kendrick Raphael is committed to Iowa. And they have uh, Isaiah Augusteve. Um He's a four-star back committed to Arkansas. And it's just phenomenal what they did last week. Uh, they absolutely exposed Lehigh. Uh, they had... What really impressed me is their chunk plays. Uh, Raphael had a 75-yard touchdown. Let's see here. Um... Augusteve had a 53-yard touchdown. New quarterback Nico Boyce from Baron Collier had a 29-yard touchdown. Kelijah Williams, a wide receiver, returned to kickoff 90 yards for a touchdown. And they also had a, a blocked punt returned for a touchdown. So, I mean, this is a team that is good on offense, good on special teams. They can hit you with big plays. And they're good on defense, too. They have three defensive backs who are committed to Power 5 schools. Uh, new... Safety, Kensley Faustin, from Palmetto Ridge, is a four-star. They have Kerry Brown, who's a safety committed to Minnesota. And they have Jonas Duclona, a three-star committed to Cincinnati. Um, These are all ball hawks. Brown had three picks last year. Duclona had four picks last year. And they also have two defensive backs who aren't even, like, big-time recruits or anything. (laughs) Ben Boozy and Thompson DeFomes, who combined for seven picks last year. So... (laughs) These guys are averaging, like, two interceptions a game as a team, and they're also dominating on offense. But it's strange to me. Like, they run the ball almost every play. And I know they do, like, a lot of trickery, and you don't know who's getting the ball. There's a lot of motion. But still, they literally threw the ball three times last week. They completed one pass for 28 yards. And it was kind of like that all year last year. They it was. They ran, like, 450 times to 50 passes or something. And it so you know what they're doing. But, I mean, that's kind of scary against Venice because Venice isn't really geared to stop the run, as we saw last week against Miami Northwestern.
0: I was going to say, it looks like Naples is the kind of team that's just absolutely the kryptonite for the way Venice plays right now.
1: It is. It's kind of scary. That's what Peacock said. He's worried about them just kind of getting four or five yards at a time, staying on the field, getting a touchdown, not really giving the Venice offense time to get rhythm and keep up. So it's going to be interesting, you know. I mean, they're kind, in my opinion, I think Venice is best geared to defend the pass with Damon on the edge and Elliott at corner. So I'm going to be interested to see – well, I guess I won't be there, but hear about <laughs> how they kind of switch up, you know, those players to suit defending the run.
0: I guess uh, what's your prediction on that one?
1: Well, I forget so. what I put in the gondolier, honestly, but I picked Venice. I think it was something
0: like – I want to say you had like a four-point game or something like
1: that. Yeah, I can't remember. But it was, uh, you know what, I'll say 35-31 Venice.
0: I, this is a weird game for me because it seems like this would be the week that Venice kind of puts it together where they get all their frustration out, get themselves on track, get themselves mm-hmm. rolling before St. Francis comes. But I just, Naples, I saw them last year against Charlotte, and it, it wasn't fair. They were uh, They were a killer whale playing with a baby seal. So <laughs> that's the uh, that's a Naples team that's still in my head, and I have a hard time picking against that Naples team just because of what they do and because of how they match up. Seems like their strengths on defense will counteract what Venice mm-hmm. does on offense, and and the reverse on that. So I'm going to go ahead and give Naples the edge here. I know the last time they met was like over ten years ago. And Naples won that game too. So I'm going to not. Go with that particular score. That was a 42-31 game, but I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Nonetheless, I'll go, uh, I'll go 35-31 Naples. Okay, same score, just different of yeah, just, result. Uh, just, <laughs> like just but, Yeah, I just yeah.
1: think Naples is going to shorten the game a little bit with their rushing, but Venice probably. might have a better first half, so yeah. it's kind of weird math to do. It's, it's hard to figure.
2: I'm going to go – I think I'm going to give Venice the edge. I think they're going to win 24-20.
0: Oh, okay, a little bit. A little a slow. Little bit that longer. makes sense. Jess, I think sense it's going to gonna be a, a battle goal. with the uh, with Venice with Naples shortening the game. That could be, that could easily be a lower scoring game too. Uh, I guess if we wanted to say there was a marquee game of the week this week that wasn't Naples Venice, it would be the Peace River rivalry, which is being played yeah. in its weird little week two time slot, which is just unnatural and uncomfortable and. Doesn't seem right in any sort of way. It's hard to
1: get excited for a week two game when you don't really know the identities of each team. And uh,
0: what do we we see here between Charlotte and Port Charlotte this week?
1: I mean, doing basic math and transitive (laughs) property, Port Charlotte looks to be the favorite. Um, They've been impressive in both of their games, although they lost last week. It was about as impressive as a loss as you can have in high school football. Charlotte's loss was not... As impressive, it was kind of concerning, especially in the offensive end. And the thing is, if Charlotte can't test that Port Charlotte defense in the way they were against Bishop Verreau, I don't know that the defense is going to be as exposed. I think the defense might look pretty good. Mm-hmm. So it really comes down to, can Charlotte keep up with that Port Charlotte offense, which we've seen but be dynamic. Great blocking. Ed Garriers is obviously the best back in the area. They have three receivers who are legit, so I don't know if Charlotte can keep up with Port Charlotte. I'm going to take Port Charlotte 35, Charlotte 24.
0: We were just okay. looking this up before we went uh, went online here. The five wins that Port Charlotte has in this series, very lopsided series obviously in Charlotte's favor. The the most lopsided game in that series that Port Charlotte won was 13 nothing. They've never necessarily blown out Charlotte. I feel like this might be the year it happens. I feel like this might be the uh, the year the Pirates kind of work out a lot of frustration on Charlotte. Although I do think Charlotte's going to play a lot better than they played last week. I, I just That does not seem like the Charlotte team any of us expected, nor what they're capable of. So I will go... It's hard to pick uh, Port Charlotte scoring less than 40 points just because they score so much against everybody. Yeah. So I'm going to go up there. I'm going to go high, for me anyway. I'm not uh, usually going that high. I'm going to go about 45 to 21. Oh, wow. Oh. All right. Port All right. Charlotte. I feel this is the year they finally get their one blowout in this, in this yeah. series.
2: You like that Port Charlotte offense?
0: I do. Yep.
2: <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a close game only because when you play your rival, you kind of you kind of like play up your oh, up to it. So, um, I'm going to go I think Port Charlotte's going to win 21-14.
0: I think it's very possible. We've seen over the years very lopsided teams match yeah. up in this game. We've seen a very good Charlotte team against a down Port Charlotte team. And it still comes down to a last-minute field goal. Yep. It's just, uh, this is a great rivalry. It's a fun atmosphere. If, you, if you're in the area, you need to go to a football game on Friday night. Even if you don't have to go to a football game on Friday night, fun. go to this one over at Port Charlotte High. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Port Charlotte is just electric oh right yeah. now as far as everything going on even, with the football program. Even
2: last week... They, when they were all looking up the Charlotte score, talking about it in the stands, you can hear <laughs> the excitement that they have in Port Charlotte. So it's going to be a good matchup. They're really excited over there.
0: Going down the list here, we've got Cape Coral Mariner at DeSoto County. I uh, believe that, game, that game's still on Friday. There's a mm-hmm. couple games from Lee County, Valley Lee County Schools that got moved to Thursday, but that one's still Friday for now. Uh, Mariner, not much to look at. DeSoto County, obviously, on an upswing.
1: Yeah, DeSoto County's been impressive, and Mariner seems like just the next in line of teams <laughs> below them that they're playing. Uh, they are 2-9 and nine last year, really struggled on both sides of the ball. Um, hardly cracked 14 points, uh, scored 21 points three times in a row at the end. All three losses, though. The defense gave up 30, 40, 50 points a lot last year. So I think DeSoto County wins this game. Uh, Mariner's game at Oasis, there's no reported score for it last week thinking maybe it was a victim to weather. Um, so I just see DeSoto County controlling this game on both sides of the ball. I mean, they run the ball well with different options. They have a strong defense that limits the opposition. I think they're going to win going away, I want to say, like, 28 to 14.
0: That sounds about a right. One. It's a, DeSoto's kind of an interesting team in that they have an amazing offense, but they don't score a whole lot of points considering – Considering what they have on that offense. And it's probably just because they do run the ball so much. And like you were saying earlier about Naples, they probably just shorten the game too much. Yep. Um, I, this is DeSoto all the way for me. I'll go ahead and give them a season high 20, 28 points. Let's go 28 to 7.
2: That's exactly what I was going to give Okay. Them. <laughs> 28 <laughs> to 7. I don't uh, think they're going to sh- shut out their, their opponent, but I think they're, um, they're definitely going to run away with this win.
0: The one Hiccup DeSoto County has right now is they still are a little bit turnover-prone. So I could see that being a really quick way for Mariner to get some points on the board should something like that happen. Uh, Last but not least, um, what would you call this? I would call this maybe the Christian Rukina bowl game. Um, We have Gateway Charter at Northport.
1: Yeah, it's hard to figure out what to make of this Gateway charter team because they went four and six last year, but a lot of that was because of Raquina, and he's <laughs> now on Northport. Uh, he was their best quarterback, running option, receiving option, and he was one of their best defensive players last year. Uh, they went four and six, beating teams like Gateway, St. Stephen's Episcopal, Marco Island, and Mariner, so nothing really impressive. Yeah. And then you take away their best player. And put them on the other team that they're playing, and it's kind of kind of makes an interesting <laughs> matchup. Also, of note, if you are going to this game, watch Christian Raquina Jr. He said his younger brother might be guarding him. Oh uh, wow! So that's yeah. really cool to see. Uh, his, you know, Christian is from Gateway Charter, but went to Northport to have a better shot at senior season and getting exposure and just being in a better environment. Uh, but his younger brother still at Gateway Charter, so it might be cool to see them play against each other. I'm sure they know each other's traits on the football <laughs> field and all that really well. So that's a, that's a fun matchup. And it's also Northport's home debut of their, their new field and their new helmets and all that. So it's going to be cool for them. They're going to be excited. Uh, if there's one Northport game to go catch, I think it's this one.
0: I think you're right about that. What do you, uh, what do you see on the score? Ah, that's a tough one.
1: I'm going to say Northport wins because they're going to be so fired up. And Requina is going to want to make a statement against his old school so I say Northport twenty one Gateway Charter fourteen.
0: So far, Northport's only scored seven points in the game. Yep. And, uh, I don't know. Like you said, I think they're going to be fired up for many, many reasons against Gateway. So I I'll go twice that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll give Northport the win uh, fourteen to seven.
2: That's exactly what I was <laughs> Give Northport fourteen to seven. I think just especially going into their. I saw them the first day of practice, and you could see that. Those, those members on that team were really excited about their new field, so I think that's going to really amp them up, and especially to get their first win, so yeah,
0: 14-7. Alright, quickly, Victoria, what do you see coming up this week in volleyball?
2: This week, well, tomorrow night is Lemon Bay versus Charlotte, which is going to be a big matchup there, and then also you're going to have Northport and Port Charlotte going again in Port Charlotte. Those two teams are interesting because they really have had a kind of a rough start to the season. Port Charlotte, just won their first game of the season this week and so did Northport and Northport actually they went back in two nights in a row they went to five sets so you can just see the fight in that team and them competing against each other is going to be one you don't want to miss
0: too I think uh, next Tuesday is the Charlotte-Port-Charlotte volleyball um, Mm -hmm. match, so that'll be fun, too. That'll be fun. Uh, All right, fantasy football. God, I've been (laughs) dreading this part. (laughs) 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 I made all the wrong moves last week. Uh, What was the uh, final damage there, Benny?
1: All right, so (laughs) as the nature is with high school fantasy, we couldn't find all the stats, but we found most of them. So my team, without Trenton White's stats, had 134 points. I had Brooks Bentley with 26, Ed Garriere with 40, Lil Draco Tompkins with 25, Brady Hall with 8, Jamal Streeter Jr. with 31, and Elliott Washington II with 4. Pat, uh, we couldn't find Michael (laughs) Valentino's stats. We couldn't
0: find my whole team.
1: (laughs) He finished with 85 points. Um, He got bit by Alvin Johnson with 10, Julius Roach with 8. And then the other, rest of his team had solid performances. Justin Besserell at 18 points, uh, Ryan Matulovich came alive late, 18 points. Jamarice Wilder at 24 points. He had a kickoff return touchdown and a receiving touchdown. And Damon Wilson the second at seven points. So his Venice guys showed up and Besserell <laughs> showed up. The rest of oh well, I guess Alvin didn't, but uh, so I'll take the Dove in Week One and moving
0: forward into Week Two. All right, I guess picking the teams. It's my turn to go first. Yeah. Um, I will, uh, I'm i jumping on the uh, Port Charlotte train this week. I'm going to get yelled at by everybody. Good grief. <laughs> um, I'm going to make my first pick as Ed here. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. That was who I was totally going to pick because that game just screams running game. <laughs> All right. Hmm. This is a tough one. I'm going to take Jamerese Wilder because he was really impressive to me. He's ran really hard, and he's starting to show himself as a not only a receiver, but a threat
0: in the return game as well. He seems like he's going to be a lot of fun by the end of the year. He really is. Um, I'm going to stay on the uh, – God, people are going to yell at me for this. I'm going to stay on the Port <laughs> Charlotte train and go with Bryce Eaton. Ooh. There you go. All
1: right, and then I can't help but take Joe Scott over at Lemon Bay. I think that they are going to eat. Absolutely.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see what next. Uh, I'm I'm all about the Peace River rivalry this week. Let's uh, let's see if Brady Hall can get me some points at wide receiver.
1: All right, and then I'm going to try and negate your Bryce Eaton pick, and I'm going to take Jamal Streeter Jr. It's going to be a fun game for
0: us. <laughs> well, I, I can't I can't wait to cover it. <laughs> I'm happy you went with Jamal Streeter because I'm going to run up the road to Venice and take Ryan Matulovic.
1: Yeah, he's been really impressive so far. Let's see. I have to take a wide receiver. That is tough. Who is left? Well, I'll take Justice Besserell.
0: Absolutely good selection. I will uh, go back to the running back well, and it's my turn to have my man, the Draco, on my team. <laughs> Come
1: on, LaDraica. Get out there and do something. He's been really impressive so far. He, really yeah, has. he was good last yeah. year, but this is a whole other level so far. So, I'm left with a flex, an IDP, and a quarterback. Well, I'll save quarterback, because Pat's not taking another one. Hmm, flex play. I will take
0: Cameron Besserell. Okay. you're going to get something out of it yep
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just taking I took every receiver so
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Bryce Edens <Eaton's> throwing too <laughs> I need a looks like I need a receiver, a flex and a defensive player uh, I'm going to jump over to defense and uh, I'm going to stay in the uh, the Peace River rivalry game I'm going to take Myron Charles.
1: He's looked – I mean, I haven't seen him in a game, but he looks awesome in practice. Absolutely. He's a very impressive athlete. Um, at quarterback, I'll go there and I'll take Brooks Bentley. He Impressed me in the second half against Miami Northwestern.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, flex guy for me. Do I go to – I'm going to – I'm going to think this guy starts scoring some touchdowns down near the goal line for Charlotte. I'm going to go Connor Trim.
1: Oh, I forgot about him. That's a great pick for IDP. Hmm. I'm gonna go Caleb Whitmore. He has been an extremely impressive athlete so far for Levin Bay. He almost had a pick six in the kickoff classic, and he was wide open for what could have been a 30-yard touchdown. Just Trey Rattan just sailed it a little bit, so I he's think he can make some. Player. Yeah, I think he's gonna make some plays this week.
0: I guess that's the uh, that's the team, isn't it? Yep, that's the, the team. Picks. My.
1: My team is quarterback Brooks Bentley, running backs Jamarese Wilder and Joe Scott, wide receivers Jamal Streeter Jr., Justice Besserell, Cameron Besserell, and uh, individual defensive player Caleb Whitmore. Pat's team, quarterback Bryce Eaton, running backs Ed Guerriere and Lil Dreco Tompkins, wide receivers Brady Hall and Ryan Matulovic, flex player Connor Trim, and individual defensive player Myron Charles
0: was looking at the list of players I had here to choose from and I'm kind of looking at the the leftovers that we didn't choose and thinking that's a pretty good team too. I had Michael Valentino on my list. Um, who knows what he'll do against Poor Charlotte. I had Trent White up at uh, DeSoto. I had Alvin Johnson. Who knows what he might right. do. Keon Sears, Jace Kellogg, both at wide receiver. Could be their weeks. Uh, Kellogg's a good receiver for... Um, I
1: thought about Keon, but with three stud defensive yeah, he's going to have to pick his yeah. spots, that's yeah. for sure.
0: And uh, defensively, neither one of us took uh, Damon Wilson, and uh, there's also Shane Galloway out there for DeSoto County. Well, the thing is too.
1: with Damon is just you're going to have to rely on tackles, tackles. because he's not yep. going to get sacks and probably not going to get fumbles. That's
0: true. So. I feel a lot better about my team this week. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at by people everywhere but uh, that goes with the territory Uh, this week we'll have uh, see who's where we have Bruce Robbins at the Naples Venice game we have Vinnie on the Charlotte Port Charlotte game Steve Knapp will handle Mariner at DeSoto County and Gateway Charter Northport will be covered by Charles Bollaro so we will be at all the games on Friday night and uh, I guess uh, one quick note I want to tell you all about with sunpreps.com. We were free for the month of August to kind of debut our new website. By the time you hear this, we will have returned behind the paywall. It is what it is. Um, we wanted you to see what you might be missing out if you don't get a subscription to the uh, to the Daily Sun Venice Condolier. So, you know, uh, go out and sign up today at uh, yoursun.com and keep our uh, preps coverage coming to your... Uh, to your laptop or your phone. That'll do it for this week. Thank you very much.